back, boys and girls, to another episode of K Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know It All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here once again by the king of the K Fave Cake Flip, Mr. Wex Breaking the Lawson. Wex, how are we living today, son? Oh, you know, living pretty well. Nice weather today in Nashville. Really excited about this episode. And like, you know, wrestling was pretty good last night, too, on Dynamite. Everything's going good in the world of wrestling for Wex Breaking the Lawson. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm stoked indeed for today's episode. It is another slice of the Baker's Dozen. And uh, here to do um, the open and close with us, we have uh, the patron saint of the rock lock himself, Mr. Jesse Baker. How you doing, bro? J-E-S-S-E. No more doubles. I'm doing great. Love it. I love it. I am so excited. Um, Yeah, Baker's Dozen has been awesome. The Akira one has gotten quite a bit of downloads. Scott's has gotten quite a bit of downloads. Uh, I'm really excited to hear the Jesse on Jesse action. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be good stuff. I'm I am super hyped. Um, yeah, man. Have you have you guys gotten any feedback on last week's episode? We always get a spike for AEW. I mean that that did happen for sure. Um, I, nothing but good things. I wasn't uh, able to be on it because of some other stuff, but I really regretted missing it. Uh, I've heard great things. The episode was fantastic. I am hyped for it. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Lots Wex, more Wex. engagement uh, on social media for this episode. Been here, you know. Been getting a lot more engagement on Twitter. Yes. I haven't actually, you know, like read the reviews of the actual podcast on that thing or heard, but like, you know, good good feedback on the Twitter and the the TikTok. Yeah, we can we'll gain a little steam on that TikTok too. You see? Yes, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Please be sure to leave a review wherever you listen to this right now, whether it's Spotify. Uh, Apple, Google, whatever, leave us a review. That is very much appreciated. Uh, Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, though, we are here to do our favorite segment of the week. It's Wexley Spills the Tea. Fill up my cup, baby. What you got for me? I'm drinking Kool-Aid today, but we can pretend it's tea. But, uh, yeah, we're going to start off with the WWE news like we always do, and... Pretty much lots of just nothing good, like lots of sad and just disappointing news for WWE. Nothing good all around. Pete Dunne is now known as Butch. Yep. Just Butch. (laughs) Rough, man. Uh, Yeah, I just don't – I don't know. And I don't know how you go from being Pete Dunne, being the bruiser weight, a brand built in. You have tons of action figures already. You have championship runs. You've been on Raw several times. Um, I mean, you've had storylines on the main roster as Pete Dunne. It makes no sense to change his name. Uh, it makes no sense. It's it's bad. Um, honestly, I know it sounds. I mean, I don't want anybody to lose their job and lose their livelihood and not make a paycheck. But like, God, I really hope they just cut him. Like, I just hope they cut him because I mean, Jesus, he's got to be. I mean, it, the indie's got to be better than being Butch, Ben. Got to be better than not, Butch. not only was it snake bit from the get go, but also the first match that he's involved in with his new shitty name happens to be when Big E breaks his neck. Yeah, yeah and that's crazy. actually what we were gonna. I was gonna lead into next is that our one of our dear beloved favorite wrestlers, possible career ending neck injury broken by Ridge Holland botching a suplex on the outside. Yeah, it's rough. It was completely botched and. A lot of people have, you know, overanalyzed like how, how he fucked it or whatever. But, you know, he doesn't have a lot of heat apparently backstage. We're not gonna, di- you know, dig too deep into this. I mean, belly to bellies are risky. I mean, no matter who's throwing them, they are risky. I mean, I've seen I've seen the bump, and to be totally honest, it's not. I mean, I don't. I mean, his form looked it it looked like just a bad landing, man. I'm not blaming it on E at all. It just looked like a. I mean, these things just happen sometimes. You know, I mean, it's very sucks, unfortunate. But though, it sucks for Biggie. Totally, yeah. How many careers can you ruin in one match, though? Oh, yeah. That's rough. Two and one. Two birds, yeah, one stone. Like, WWE's knocking out of the park these days. Dingers. And then, of course, uh, WWE stooped a lot of us this week into sitting through three hours of Raw thinking Cody Rhodes was going to debut, and not a fucking thing happened, and it was just as shitty as any other Raw. So yeah, to be fair, I'll see Video packages and recaps. And I thought it was just like that live, because I went to live Raw like two or three months ago in there in Nashville. And I was like, dude, there's a lot of fucking video packages, but that's just how Raw is. Yeah, that's just what Raw is at this point. They just recap everything. Yeah, I feel like the internet kind of duped ourselves, though. We just assumed because of Jacksonville and because of old Uncle Dave Miltzy that uh, we were just going to see it. I don't think WWE ever said anything or even really even kind of hinted at Cody Rhodes. So can't really put that one on them. That's all on us. And the rumors are that's still the case. Rumors are it's still going to be Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins at Mania. 
I I mean, I think it's smart of them now to just make it a surprise, like just almost like an open challenge at Mania, whoever faces Rollins. So that way, if they don't, they don't get him. It's not like they're like, well, we never said we were going to have him in the first place. You know, like it's all dirt sheet, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I don't know. At this point now, it's like, I don't even know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it's like. I, I don't I want to see Cody because I'm, I'm a Cody fan. I know that like lately it's not popular to say that you like Cody Rhodes, but I like Cody Rhodes and I I would like to see him wrestle Seth Rollins. But I would also not like not. I don't want to see him in that WWE creative. Like, I just don't think it's good. I don't think there's any, like his character. I, I don't know where it's really going to fit on the shows, you know. Our best case scenario is that they hold off until SummerSlam and it just happens in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. And I mean, if Cody comes back as a heel, like a hundred percent, because if he would just lean into that heelness that he was doing, that's just the only thing that pissed me off about Cody is that he tried to be a baby face when he was clearly like just doing everything Get, he could. Like, be a, yeah. Pretty much pretty ridiculous. Well, speaking of uh, Seth Rollins, uh, did you see him on Jimmy Fallon last night? Uh, give that leprechaun the fucking stop. Yeah, I did. It actually looked great, too. I thought it was fucking hilarious. He it looks great. Like, like the leprechaun did a great job taking the bump presentation of it it just seth rollins is he's he's great yeah his he's character is like i don't know i love how charismatic he is and he never really did that much up, during like the shield run or is like even his chicken shit heel run like this is the best the best <clears throat> this is like the best seth rollins i think right now he's killing it i love it i'm i'm a big fan. i mean i've always been a fan of seth that's the question what is it why didn't they let it be hornswoggle oh yeah because <laughs> they, they don't want to pay him probably Shit. And speaking of legal shit, as we know, MLW is suing WWE mm. over oh, some yeah, uh, for, you know, like monopoly bullshit. But yeah. they are citing the success of AEW as a way to dismiss the lawsuit, saying, oh, we're not a monopoly. We're not the only wrestling company. Like, look how successful they are. So finally. I mean, he's got, he's got a point, though. He does exactly, have a point. But, <laughs> I mean, finally, but it's like they, you know, won't admit it like on the, you know what I mean? But now it's finally like in a public forum and, you know, the courtroom admitted that, hey, you know, they're doing pretty good. And, you know, they're yeah. still going to be like, you know, the crazy WWE fanboys that only watch WWE are still going to be like, no, AEW's Bush League. But that's just how it is. The Internet fucking community of wrestling fans is fucking just horrible. They're outrageous when we get the tribalism and people just sticking to like their Yeah, we just we like all kinds of wrestling on here. We, yeah, we, we like wrestling. MLW, all that shit. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we want to say on here, so we're going to kind of stick with the WWE, just a, a rest in peace to Scott Hall. Mm. One of all of our, you know, we grew up with this guy. It hits different. It's not like, yeah. you know, some old right. ass 80s wrestler guy dying. It, it's a dude that we've been watching since we fucking started watching wrestling. Yeah, I mean, to me, uh, you know, the Sean Razor run, I mean, I'm like nine years old. That's like peak WWF. I mean, it's that's that to me was everything. I thought that dude was the coolest guy on earth, and apparently he was the coolest guy on earth. He didn't even have to try. He's just effortless, man. Um, definitely going to miss Scott Hall for sure. Um, all the thoughts and prayers go out to his family for sure. I know that's like kind of paper thin with a lot of people, but I mean, I really do genuinely feel like Scott Hall, um, it's almost like you don't really realize how how much of a main event guy, how big of a star um, he really was, how much space he took up in your fandom until this happens. Because you assume, like, we oh, we got 20 more years of Scott Hall on podcasts and whatever else, you know? like Especially after just, him getting sober and shit. We thought, like, yeah, oh, and he's it just, doing great. Yeah. Yeah, and it just didn't happen, and that sucks. Um, legend, for sure, will never be forgotten. Best punch in the business, bar none. I don't care what anybody says. Best right hand in the history of professional wrestling. Um, yeah, RIP Scott Hall. I think the biggest part is the recovery and the fact yeah. that he accomplished it, he got through it, and like to hear a loose blood clot after a hip replacement, then three heart attacks is how it happened. I mean, like that to me is the most heartbreaking part is that okay. he did it. And yeah. man, bad times don't last, but bad guys do. All right. Forever, man. All right. Uh, so moving on to some sad shit to some sad shit in a different way. So, uh, you guys saw this control your narrative bullshit, right? Oh God. Yeah. You saw the rules to their pretty there. It's like, Fucking raw underground meets fake fight club meets I don't know what the fuck's going on. The, the rules were dumb as fuck. If anybody read these rules they have, like 
Yeah, I, I advise you, it's, just, it's fucking trash. dumb as hell. I almost don't even want to talk about them, like, because I feel like there's such a parody of a promotion at this point, and it's just, it's embarrassing. Like, I don't know. I mean... Rule number one, the match isn't against your opponent. The match is against yourself. That's something like that. It's just so bad. And, like, it's just such a... Uh, it's awful. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's awful. I don't. And it's I got a lot of questionable people, uh, questionable people associated with it. So done. I'm done with it. Done with it. It's like now. Do we question Vince for letting these people go anymore? No, not mm, absolutely not. You do have a point there, Jesse. You got a good point. Uh, something pretty cool that's coming up here soon in Nashville. Uh, just announced Matt Cardona is taking on Nick Aldis for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship at the Crockett Cup. Yep. And Nashville is the last place that Nick Aldis won the title back from Cody Rhodes at NWA 70. So I was there. It's going to be pretty awesome. That is exciting. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm excited to be covering the NWA for the first time next week. It's going to be super, super, super exciting. But before we get to that, what else, what else we got in the news? Anything else? Oh yeah, we definitely, we got some, uh, some, some interesting AEW stuff. It was pretty eventful in the past few days. Uh, Cody Rhodes right. officially moved to the alumni section on AEWshop.com, So his stuff okay. is still there, but he's an alumni. So this is a big work. Is that, is that's what's going on work. here. Is, are they, are they it, working? Maybe this? it is. Maybe it is. They yanking our chain. Maybe it's it fucking is. work. I did is, say is that. Is Brian Pillman times that. 90? Like, is, is he really getting us? I mean, I don't know. If he is, he's doing a great job, though. <laughs> Damn it, Cody. I hate you. I love you. Fuck you. I love you. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. But <laughs> the, last, the last time I made a prediction about all of this, I thought Cody was going to end up buying ROH. Tony yeah. did instead. Now I believe it's a work fucking 5,000% more than I did. Maybe he's going to yeah. come back as the ROH guy. Who knows? President of the Ring of Honor or something like that. Because yeah, he can't well, be the, champion in AEW. He can't even go for it. He's the fucking the ROH world champion. It's going to be Cody and Gresham. Well, well he could if he uh, gets re Jonathan you know? Gresham, uh, the ROH world champion, is actually in contract negotiations with Tony Khan right now. But they're not sure if it's going to be – no it's not official if it's an AEW contract or an ROH contract since you know he's doing both. But maybe it would be cool to see him get a little something-something and we could appear on both shows because Jonathan Gresham fucking rules and just the dream matches there. Yeah, I hate Jonathan sure. Gresham because I love Jordan Grace. Oh, yeah. oh we know we got we know yeah, that heat yeah. that you get that heat for Gresham for old Grace. But uh, you know who's got a lot of backstage heat right now at AEW? Joey Janela, because apparently he's been injuring people. He's the he broke Kingston's uh, orbital bone, and they had to like rework weeks of TV because he was actually supposed to feud with Jericho way before they actually had their feud, and they are. Not uh, extending his contract. I was going to say he's not going to get a, another offer, but yeah, it's not his choice. They just, I, I think they're done with Joey Janela. He's apparently injured multiple people on the roster and just has a bad reputation, but that's unfortunate because you know, I was a pretty big fan of Joey Janela and you don't really get to see him on AEW anymore. Yeah, you got to watch the sounds, GCW, which we, we all like love some GCW politics. around here, but uh, that's crazy. I never knew thought of Joey Janela as a guy who would injure people, but hey, you know, shit happens, I guess. Sound, that sounds a little political to me, but um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. Like they're not re-signing him because he's dangerous in the ring. I don't buy that. I just you don't just buy think that they're all. over it. You think that you think they're just over it because they got fucking other wrestlers who are way more profitable yeah. and bigger stars. Yeah, and I think he, I think Joey's probably spouted off at the mouth, and it's probably just more of an ad. You know, I, I don't know any of this obviously, but I like the idea that he's just dangerous, and that's when they're not renewing him. That's not true. That's just definitely not true. Some good speculation going on right there, though. Uh, yeah, so we'll have Nyla Rose, right? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Like, come on. Jeez. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. So uh, last night on Dynamite, my prediction was actually right about the Scorpio Sky Wardlow thing. Scorpio Sky actually retained and MJF cost him the match, which you thought it was going to be the reverse. MJF is yeah. going to help him win and that was going to lead there. But so, yeah, Scorpio Sky still the TNT champion. So I don't really know where they're going to go with that. Long. I don't know where it's gonna go, but I don't know it, where it's going. But I'm I'm really looking forward to the Wardlow and MJF thing. That's that's gonna be awesome because he almost got to power bomb him last night, but then you know Sean Spears came down there and beat the fuck out of him. So that's gonna be pretty interesting. And one of the cooler things that happened last night that I talked shit about last week is Chris Jericho didn't like it, but he pulled full heel turn and called himself a sports entertainer. And I think it's fucking pure gold. It's genius. I don't know. Yeah. It's great. He's it's a great. It's, it's yeah. The prom, the promo was 
top level. I think the name is still ridiculous, but the, oh, the promo was ridiculous, a, but great a, a plus, it makes plus, more plus. sense now. And it works better. And that he made up like the new names, uh, daddy magic, uh, Mike, and just all these fucking, it just great. It went from something that I thought was going to be bullshit. And Jericho manages to just, he's good. He's, he's good. And he's good. You know, he's good when he's good. And he's okay. When he's not, you know, <laughs> there are worse ways to be. I, I, I think it's perfect. Like, do you want to talk about heel shit at that age and what he's doing and everything that we talked about where we were like, just do commentary or just get the fuck off TV. And now we're like, it's actually kind of fun to watch. Oh, and he got back into too, shape, yeah. got his shit back together and got some better ideas. I think that boozing was fucking him up, making him come up with the Probably. stupid shit. And he's, Probably. uh, he was, he was going too heavy on that. And now he's looking yeah. better, getting back in there. And, uh, yeah, he looks great, dude. He's super fit. We love what you're doing. Chris Jericho. Yep. Big fan. Big they fan. call him the demo guy for the reason he knows his demographic and he's knowing how to work him and it's great. I'm loving it. Well, and uh, the only other multiple times also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only other big thing in the news is that Thunder Rosa finally got that title win that we knew was going to happen in a pretty gnarly cage match. It was not as good as their lights out match. I'll say that it was not it was as good, not. but it was still still a pretty fucking good match. Like it was a good match. Yes, it was a good match. De- above average. Great. And, and it was time. It's yeah. time to drop the title for sure. And the cage was a little weird last night. It was kind of like a hell in a cell without a top because you could still get on the ground around the cage. I don't know if the ring was smaller or the cage was bigger, but it made sense. You could have to get better angles from the cameraman, and you could just do a little bit more with that, I think, instead of just having the cage right up against the wall. Yeah, I agree. I think it, I think it was a cool fit. I think it looked good. I liked that vibe. I like that it's I, – I just like that it's different than WWE's, honestly. Yeah, and I like the fact that they don't do the escape stipulation because I fucking yeah. hate that in a cage match. You're supposed to keep the competitors in and keep other people out. It's not like right. – that's dumb because you could just run and escape from the beginning. Just I don't even want to get into the logic of that, but yeah, pretty good match. And yeah, Jesse, what would you think about it? I mean I'm a big fan of what AEW has pulled off finally in the women's division in terms of Thunder Rosa, Britt, like – there are certain people, there are certain talents that it was Those really weak. Specifically, yeah. It was really weak for a minute. And uh, the the idea of signing Thunder Rosa and having that person in there, fucking clutch. And I'm proud of them for seeing that, recognizing that, and going forward. I think that all plays into why we're seeing people like Cody and Brandy maybe not be involved so much. I think that uh, it just up and down, redesign, ROH. I also think a lot of the other part of it is work too, but everything's a work. Yeah. Wrestling's real. People are fake. Totally true. Totally Life true. is a fucking work, dude. Speaking of wrestling being real and people being fake, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. It is some Jesse on Jesse action. Mr. Jesse Baker interviews Jesse Butler. And without further ado, here is the Baker's Dozen. Welcome back to Kayfabe Comparisons, the third edition of the Baker's Dozen, my once-a-month interview series where I get the amazing opportunity to talk to either independent professional wrestlers or people involved in the business. We are so lucky this month to have Mr. Jesse Butler. Jesse, how are you doing? I'm great, dude. Thank you for uh, for having me. It's a little weird saying uh, my own name, but uh, thanks for having me, Jesse. I'm I'm happy to be here. Yeah, the the Jesse on Jesse thing is fun. Um, I you know I I'm gonna ask the the basic question first. You know, obviously you have a very long term background in wrestling, and I I know a little bit. I don't want to speak for you. I think it would be more interesting if you just said, how did you get your start? Um, so I have known Brett Eisen since we were in the seventh grade. Um, and we both always loved wrestling. Um, I, th- we bonded over like a weird comic strip called get fuzzy, I think, and wrestling. And then of course music and all that other stuff. But we started backyard wrestling together, uh, roughly about the seventh, eighth grade, uh, you know, kids watch wrestling, get bored, want to try stuff, do the stuff you're not supposed to do. Uh, so we started backyard wrestling and then eight, I think it was, yeah, it was eighth grade. He got zoned to go to a different school that they had just built. And he had met a couple of other kids who were into wrestling. Uh, then we got into high school 
and we met a few more people and like it, it was like a weird uh just like merging of like friend groups kind of um so we started backyard wrestling and we would go you know to the links of making flyers to pass out at school even though like people didn't really show up but through that um a girl we went to school with her i think uncle one of her relatives was a local independent wrestler um and they just stopped by to see what we were doing and offered to train us so we didn't get hurt and then it turned into being a little bit more than that where we were on their shows uh because you know if you can have kids in high school you know promote your shows and get more people in then you know why wouldn't you take advantage of that uh so that's pretty much it we we were back here wrestling passed out flyers i guess this girl showed it to uh her uncle or whatever and then we just got trained through that and uh yeah it's that's the long and short of it or the longer the short short or long i don't fucking know <laughs> i uh i don't want to rip off of anybody else's series but there's one story that you told on iwtv southern origins with mr carrie awful about having to chase down someone for money and i wondered if you wouldn't mind repeating that yeah of course uh so this is uh this is a fun one because this is the first time that I had a gun pulled on me. Um, I was maybe ooh, 15, 14, 15, somewhere around in there, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, so we had been trained by Kilo and GQ uh, from uh, and those names now are just like. Not to like dunk on anyone, but kind of generic now. Uh, but we were trained by Kilo and GQ uh, at uh, um, what's it called? HWA Havoc Wrestling Alliance, I think. Um, and part of the training was like we wrestled there. We traveled with them to Manchester to set up rings and like just watch and get a feel for that. And then they took us to a show, I believe. I, I want to say Dixon, but I could be wrong. Um, so. At some point during the show, the promoter like runs off. It's outside of a bar. The promoter runs off with all the money. And then me, Travis, my mom, and Kilo, Travis and I were just like, just happened to be by my mom's car. And Kilo just like yells at my mom, is like, Maria, follow that car. So then we're in the car just because we were near it. And uh, we're following this guy going through all these sketchy back roads and all this shit. We finally. Like he stops at this house, jumps out, runs inside. And as as I remember it, we're Travis and I are sitting in the back seat. And as dude runs in the house, another guy like steps out with a shotgun and points it at the car and is basically just like, get off my property. And uh Kilo looks and this is the first time we were supposed to get paid. Kilo looks back at me and Travis, he goes, Sorry boys, five bucks ain't worth it. So then we just like haul ass back to the bar where the show was happening and yeah, it's wild times. It's like only in this business, kind of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like it's kind of like that stereotypical Southern carny shit you hear about all the time. Uh, and at the time, it was like it was exhilarating. Now it's just funny to me. Right. I love well, it. speaking of only this business and another one that is kind of similar, I'm very curious in terms. Uh, I know, I know you also you mentioned how you and Brett bonded over music and things like that, and I know that you were involved in quite a few. Uh, I guess I'm going to say hardcore. Sure. You know, maybe that's not right, but what's a genre anyway, anymore? Uh, yeah. the, but, you know, in terms of bands, things like that, I know about Modern Hell, obviously, and I know Brett, obviously, has a background in that stuff, too. What to you were the similarities of the music scene thing, the wrestling thing? Like, why do those things mesh Oh, man. Uh, it's funny because before Carrie even trained uh, Carrie Awful, I remember sitting at his apartment and mo most likely it was like me and Brett and Carrie and a few other people, maybe Travis. Uh, and I think it was Carrie really that painted the picture for me where like independent wrestling mirrors like an independent touring band because it's just a bunch of people stuffed in one car trying to make it from city to city without like just losing their asses basically you know you're thankful for either the food you get or the money you get and then it's back to the grind the next night um it's just it's so crazy because like i feel like in those two worlds they're the possibly the only two worlds where you 
get to work with the people that you look up to or the people that truly inspired you. Um, hopefully if you make it within, you know, the span of their lifetime, you'll either get to wrestle them or, you know, share a stage with them or, you know, whatever, have a feature on a record. Uh, it's, it's just, they're two, they're two mediums of art where, um, I don't know. I feel like you truly get to really leave everything in your art, you know, if for, for, you know, um, for me it, in wrestling, it was, you know, either, uh, deathmatch wrestling, uh, was as ever since I was like 13 has been like my favorite form of wrestling. Uh, so for me, it's like, okay, I love this. How can I relate this to what I know? And honestly, um, the, the probably the best example of me being self-aware and these two worlds colliding was the first sub show where I'm standing in the ring I'm about to ring announce for the first time and I'm in like the event room of the Cobra, the venue side of the Cobra. And I'm like, okay, this is a small dimly lit room that's packed. I've been here. I know what to do. And then I just yelled, um, with deathmatch wrestling, it was basically just like another form of like hardcore music to me where you're just out there. You've got, you know, 10 minutes tops, 10, 15 minutes tops. So you've got to like, you've got to make those 10 to 15 minutes count, you know? So it's just like 10 to 15 minutes of just like hit it hard, hit it fast. No mercy. Don't let up and just, you know, create the best start you can in that short, you know, short uh, period of time. I feel as though you developed such a unique style that was almost instantaneously picked up on by people not only between ring announcing, but also commentary. And I know that SUP was a huge part of it, and we'll definitely get there. But in terms of actually being able to take on other gigs and tour and be around people and learn how to work with people in those instances, was there anything influential from an outside perspective, or was it just kind of gut? Um, you mean in terms of like just the way I, I – I did the ring announcing. Yep. Oh man. It was straight up. Like I, I was scared shitless. Like I did it out of necessity. Uh, cause we, I mean, to be co completely transparent, we couldn't afford to pay anybody to ring announce at that point. The budget was so paper thin. Um, it, it was just, it was a little bit of, um, luck, honestly. And it was me being self-aware and me being lucky to realize that I recognized the situation I was in. Um, so because I recognized that situation and because I knew that I had been in countless dimly lit packed rooms, uh, that had no air conditioning, I was like, this is a hardcore show. There's only one way I can do this. And then from there, uh, you know, we had other people fill in and do ring announcing for a while to try. Cause I wanted to focus more on commentary. Um, but then it kind of became a thing of like it. I don't want to say it made Koo laugh, but it like it kind of just like. I I don't know. It, Koo was like, we have to we just have to keep doing it, you know, either it made him laugh or it was just easier. But um, I actually never wanted to be known for being a, for a, I didn't I didn't want to be known for being a ring announcer. I wanted to be known for commentary, but I realized that for whatever reason, you know, people seem to like the way I did ring announcing. So I was able to kind of leverage that as a foot in the door, some places where like, um, at new South, for instance, I did commentary work. And then for their pre-shows, they would have me do ring announcing, but I, you know, I would do that cause I was already there, but I wanted to focus more on commentary, but I knew I was basically locked in at that point, you know, until I left that, they're going to ask me to do these things, but I'm going to get to do this one thing that I really want to do. Uh, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. I did it, um, a ring announce for GCW because of SUP, because of the, the SUP audience. Um, and I think, it, you know, I just think it has a lot to do with the fact that I was aware of how I grew up in hardcore shows and I recognized that room and that setting. And I was able to just be, I think the purest form of myself in that moment, uh, yeah. And the rest is, rest is kind of history there. The, there's something in 
town specifically that I see about how wrestling and specifically independent wrestling has been adaptable. The stadium in shows and things, for example, you know, um, Josephus, rest in peace, the the idea of, of flyering, the idea of going out of your way to try and bring in this other audience, I, I think the adaptability there is unspoken now, but is why everything is succeeding so much mm-hmm. at this point in time. And it, that's why it is very interesting to me. Speaking of which, just brief history, like Southern Underground Pro, my first – show was the first show at beast but mm-hmm. i i didn't get to attend any of the ones before that but like how did that come together and what was the impetus of that and like maybe fill in some of our audience in terms of who actually is involved if you don't mind story. sure um so i'll just give a quick little i guess history lesson on how sub started um me my girlfriend, Brittany, and our friend, Chris, all used to do a podcast called Kick Out It Too, where we would interview wrestlers. Um, I, we've Chris and I have actually known Koo for quite – well, actually, I don't know. I know I've known Koo for probably over 10 to 12 years at this point. Chris may have known Koo when he lived here the first time, but I'm not sure. Um, so anyway – we demonstrate in case anybody doesn't know, we're uh, Kevin Koo, part of Violence is Forever – uh, very recently in MLW, all over every independent place ever. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> True, yeah. Um, so we were going down to Atlanta a bunch to do interviews, and actually that's where I got my first chance to do commentary was this, uh, <clears throat> in Atlanta for Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, but we reconnected with Koo there because he was living uh, in, in or around Atlanta at the time. Um, and we stayed in contact after that. Every time we'd go down there, uh, for the most part, we'd see him, we'd hang out, we'd go to these shows. He started getting on the Atlanta wrestling entertainment shows. Um, and then he hit me up. Oh, uh, I don't, I don't remember how, I guess about six years ago at this point. Um, it said he was moving back to Nashville. I had mentioned to him that I wanted to do like, just, uh, a, a, like a, an outside spot show outside of like, I wanted to try to do it out. So like fat bites or something, um, just, you know, just to see what was there. I knew I wanted to do something different, um, but didn't really know how to go about doing it. He hit me up and was like, I want to do a show. And basically was just like, let's do it. Um, so at that point it was me, him and Brittany. Um, and then let's see when, Dom was the bone when Dominic Greeny was the bone storm champion. He was like, Hey, I want to have a little more input. So then he came into the fold, which was great because he's always kind of been the bridge to like AIW. Um, so we were, we were getting more AIW students in more AIW regulars in, um, and Dylan's been Dylan Hales, who has done commentary for us since the first show. Um, his input has kind of grown over time. Um, and now, uh, over the last, I would say since probably before COVID, it's been mostly Koo and Dylan handling things. Um, and now who handles what? I honestly am not sure at this point because a while back I like stepped away from all booking duties and all that. It was just like, I want to focus on me and what I'm doing and I just want to have fun. Uh, so yeah, uh, Koo and Dylan would be the two handling basically everything at this point. So like I said, my first one was the first basement East show and I regularly attend them every time I can. And Mm -hmm. it's some of my favorite stuff on the face of the planet earth. And I've seen so many independent talent that got, you know, it's their first. And then within six months you see them elsewhere. It's, you can tell it like, it is so important, I think, to the culture, to the history of all of the independent scenario here, and especially in Nashville and Tennessee, and like kind of breaking the stigma of Southern quote unquote wrestling and turning it into something different. So I'm couldn't applaud all of you guys more. I think it, uh, it, it, I also know Basement East has been such a great host to everything. And uniquely, we do have a story about 
when the tornado hit Basement East and the place that I currently work, uh, it, which I did not work at at the time, but we got to move that one show and it was the last show that they did before everything shut down at Exit Inn when we had to move that show on. Uh, as we were recording, it would be two days ago, two years ago. Wow. <laughs> and we all kind of didn't know if that, that was that could have been the last show there ever, we thought. Yeah. Yeah. And it it was super intense and there were some there were some real fun complications, but at the same time, I don't know. I I I I had a really good time. I fucked up playing a couple of people's music. It happens. Um I actually really so I the accident was my favorite venue for a long time as a kid. Uh, I saw I saw the Misfits there. I saw Hymza there. I saw all these crazy bands there. Um, so being able to stand on that stage and do something in that room meant so much to me. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just I wanted to express that. Like I grew up going to shows there specifically. So being able to do something in a venue that was like sort of a mecca for me was like unreal. Uh, I, I did everything in my power to try to get a solid picture of me on that stage. Uh, and I never saw like the actual picture that got taken, but uh, somebody snapped the picture of me on the stage and that venue has always just been so fucking cool to me. Awesome. That, I mean, that's amazing. And I, my history is a long way back with that place. So hearing that also rules. Speaking of who's been a great host though, we definitely do have April 17th, as we're recording one month from today, so as you'll hear this one month from tomorrow, uh, April 17th, Southern Underground Pro Wrestling at the Basement East, right back where a lot of people probably first figured it out, even though it wasn't the first place it was. Uh, is there anything about that specific show that you want to disclose? Uh, that'll be my last sub show. That'll be my final sub show. Um, I have loved every single year, uh, that I've been involved with SUP, obviously, uh, you know, helping start it and whatnot. Um, where but, are we at? Five, is it five years now? Six? Yeah, I, I think, I think including, uh, pandemic years. Yeah. It's, it's at five years now, um, which is insane to me, half a decade, you know, it seems like we just started this like a year ago, but time doesn't feel real anymore anyway. So, um, no, I just, you know, uh, I recently, you know, 2021 kind of beat the shit out of me. And, uh, I just, I don't have the passion for wrestling that I once had right now. And I feel kind of selfish holding that spot that could really do somebody a lot of good because, you know, when stuff has consistent shows, there's a lot of eyes on those shows. Um, so for me to kind of just be so stagnant and stale in a position that somebody could really benefit from is really selfish in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, April 17th will be my final sub show and, uh, they've started announcing matches and I think it's going to be a, a banger of a show. I know for a fact that it's going to be a banger of a show. I know that everybody on Kayfabe Comparisons definitely will be in attendance. I'm bringing a bunch of friends. We've already bought tickets. It's going to be a good time. I would suggest for anybody who has not purchased tickets to that event yet that you look into it now because every, this one's probably going to hit capacity sooner than anyone thinks, if yeah. I had to guess. it. I, I Something about this one feels different, and uh, it feels like it could be a sellout. Yeah. I think it will. Um, actually, I know it will. But now is when we get into other super fun stuff. So I went to the uh, Ring of Honor Dojo Pro tapings and witnessed you take a real intense bump from Jeff Cobb. And I'm curious about your experience with that. Uh, so I'll break down all the walls for this one because it's really fun. Um, so I, I've known Logan for a while who was like the creator of Dojo Pro. Huh? <clears throat> he, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, he offered me a few different <clears throat> roles and positions. Um, and honestly at the time I was just so nervous. I was like, man, I don't want to mess anything up. Like 
you could probably, you know, I don't remember what he threw at me, but I was like, Carrie would probably be really good for that. And so-and-so would be really good for this. I kind of just kept like dodging positions because I just didn't want to screw anything up. Um, <clears throat> so finally one night Logan texts me and he said, do you think you could take Jeff Cobb's finish? And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's just like a rotating body slam, but let me look just to make sure we're on the same page. I looked it up and I was like, Oh yeah, 100%. He was like, cool. I think we're going to have, a, we're going to do a segment where, Basically, he just fucks you off. And I was like, okay, cool. So uh, we get there. I meet Jeff. Super nice guy. Just incredibly nice guy. Uh, we go over the spot super quick. And uh, I go, when he when he picks me up, I go to post on his leg. And he was like, no, don't post. You're a fan. You're supposed to be a fan in this. Don't post. Somebody's going to pick up on it. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, just instinct. Just a small thing. Um so what, then, what, a, what a fucking like clutch thing though, you know? Yeah. Like for, if that had been any other moment, like that would have been make or break, but this dude is so fucking strong. He made me feel like an infant. Uh, <laughs> so he, you know, we, we talk about doing, doing the deal, whatever. Uh, I'm on the outside and I'm supposed to be just like shitty fan, giving him like nothing but just like the worst shit. Uh, so he's like, okay, cool. Whatever. goes to walk away, blasts me. I fall, crawl away, throws me into the ring. I'm pleading like, sorry, dude, I'm just a fan. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. He picks me up. We shake hands. He holds my hand, gives me the tour of the islands. I hit and I'm selling my ass off. And this is where it gets really funny. Uh, sell my ass off, get help to the back, sit at a chair. Um, basically what would be their gorilla or their production area. And, uh, I'm sitting in this chair <clears throat> and I look behind me cause I hear a voice and I look behind me and it's fucking Bailey Bailey. Yeah. yeah. And she, uh, she's like, are you okay? And I was like, Oh my God, he fucked me. Like, yeah, I'm great. Whatever. <laughs> uh, and she laughs and I was like, do you want this chair? And she was like, no, you, you know, you just took that slam. And I was like, I'm fine. Uh, yeah. So I had a super, it, it, dude, it was just such a weird moment. Like taking the tour, of, taking the tour of the islands, and then within two minutes seeing her, I'm just like, what fucking universe am I in? Like, this is so strange. Uh, but no, Dojo Pro was awesome. That was really cool because, like, now it's on YouTube. But for the longest, it was only on Prime. After I had neck surgery, I was staying at my mom's uh, while I was recovering. And I was able to show her that because, like, she doesn't have IWTV. Right. Um, so I was able to show her that and, like, seeing how proud she was of something so small was so cool. That's awesome, man. Uh, just for reference, if people get Dojo Pro, go look into it. Go find it. Uh, the roster, when the tapings happen, we're talking Jeff Cobb, James Storm, Wheeler Yuta, MJF, Ricky Starks, Aaron Solo, Joey Janela, Cutler, Carey, Corey Hollis, Koo, Dominic Wright. Uh, I don't think Dom was a part of that. I'm trying to remember who all was. I know you nailed most of it. I, I want to say that I was Swerve. Yeah, Shane Strickland was there. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what a – I mean, that's insane to think about now. Talk about know? just knowing talent because, like, just about everybody from that group went on to do – I mean, everybody from that group went on to do cool stuff, but a lot yeah. of them went to – you know, went on to be on TV and shit, which is wild. It's insane. I, and it's – it was one of the coolest things that I got to uh, the chance to attend. I'm very thankful to uh, my buddy. I don't know if you know him. I know that Daniel, my podcast partner, does. Benji Brown is the one yeah. who got me Everybody in. Everybody knows Benji. Benji's the one who got me <laughs> into that show, man. Like it's like that was amazing. The uh, as you're talking about focusing on yourself and focusing on what you want to do, obviously you have gotten into the VHS trading community. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious how, I mean, was that like, how did that start? Was that a tape trader thing? Was that a, it, just a passion that you discovered that would actually work out or. That was 100% a COVID took the biggest opportunity for me. Uh, in, so <clears throat> do you remember the random Saturday show that subbed at basement East? I do. I, so I got really drunk that night uh, and I woke up <clears throat> super early with the hiccups and moved to the couch. So I wouldn't wake Brittany up and pretty much stayed awake from then on. Um, 
I, it was probably like two or three in the morning. I woke up <clears throat> and had a message from Brett Lauderdale saying, yo, want you to be the guy for spring break. Cool. I'm in from that moment on. I said, it's not happening. Something's going to happen and it's not going to happen. I knew. Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, Sure as shit, it didn't. You know, I don't know if I was supposed to ring announce all of Spring Break solo or what the plan was, um, but <clears throat> I was, I wasn't bitter, but I was bummed about like that Spring Break being canceled because I knew that was going to be the biggest platform I was ever going to have. Um, so rather than just like sitting around and being pissed about it, like I would have like five years ago, five six years ago, I was just like, well, I have all these tapes. Um, some of them I don't <clears throat> really want to keep because I've watched them and I have no desire to keep them. Um, so I just started like trading and selling and it kind of turned into, uh, before I had neck surgery, I was able to quit my job and be like a full-time reseller for a while. Uh, <clears throat> and yeah, it just, it, I'm the type of person that unfortunately always has to be doing something. So when wrestling got taken, I poured all my energy into growing VHS party tonight, which is my little side business, I guess. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, you know, I'd go out and hunt and thrift and dig through trash and find all these gems that, you know, people are looking for that I'm looking for because, you know, I've been a few people have just been like, Oh, you're just a reseller, which is far from the truth. I have a whole room of tapes, that I've, you know, worked very hard to collect over the last few years or recollect over the last few years. So, yeah. yeah like just going through and, and being able to, like, mark items up and understand what what they're worth, do the research, you're passionate about it, that's very important. A reseller is not – calling you a reseller would be like calling wrestling fake. Yeah. No, I agree, you know, because, like <clears> – <throat> unfortunately and unfortunately for me, people come to me for horror tapes. Um, I say unfortunately because sometimes they're not the easiest to get their hands on. Uh, but you know, I'm able to sit and talk with people about movies and, you know, it's really cool. It's, it's become a really cool community. Um, and I've met a lot of collectors in Nashville and I've actually, you know, got people started collecting tapes again. My friend Heather, uh, we did a market together and she stopped by my booth and she was like, oh, you're going to get me to start buying tapes again. And sure as shit, she asked almost like monthly, like, hey, do you have any of this or hey, do you have this? Or she's always buying stuff from me. So it's just been really cool to, to see people just appreciate that form of media again. And I mean, it's gone as far as like A24 put out a box set of VHS tapes of movies they've released, you know, so people are picking up on it. It's real strange to watch happen in real time from where I'm at. That's amazing, though. And I think the, the, the through fare here, I would say, is just passion and pursuing what you want to do with genuine love for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if that turns out, I mean, dude, you've – everything you wanted to do, you did, you know? Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I, this is going to sound morbid, but I could die tomorrow and I would have no regrets because, like – just about everything I've wanted to do, I've done, you know, I've, I've worked in wrestling. I've been, I was lucky enough to do small things in wrestling in the national fairground, the original national fairground sports auditorium. Um, <clears throat> I played a sold out show at rocket town in the, in the big room. Uh, I've, you know, I've gotten really lucky and done a lot of really cool shit. Um, and it just, you know, it seems like with each year I'm able to find more ways to do the things that I want to do. And, it, it, they may be unconventional for some people, but for me, it's like I'm my happiest when I'm digging through trash and yelling weird shit and being drunk in a room full of people and just like living a very strange life. That's that's when I'm my happiest. I think that we probably share that passion. <laughs> Speaking of people who share that passion, you know, my friend uh, Mackenzie from All Hollows. Yeah, you guys do markets together. Oh, yeah. Mac rules. Man, what a boss. She could 100% kick the shit out of me. Me too. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody on like it. <laughs> like, absolutely fucking amazing. Uh, the As we're wrapping this up, I guess the best thing I can ask is going to be, you know, I'm sure that you have stuff to plug, uh, not only like convention things, markets, so on and so forth, but we want to hear about everything. 
that you might be doing. So if there's a time to talk about it, it'd be now. Sure. Um, so I actually don't have any markets planned um, right now. Uh, April's kind of busy for us. Like the things that I'm probably going to plug are shit that we're doing. Like we're going to drug church on the first, we're seeing obituary on the ninth and we've got other things sprinkled in. I'm just honestly really excited to see live music again. Um, let's see. Um, so sup the return sup show new direction, um, is April 17th at basement East. Uh, the day before I will be in New Jersey, uh, for expect the unexpected era of the unexpected. Um, which is a wrestling show that my friend Ryan promotes. Uh, I'll be doing commentary there. Um, I think, I think yesterday he just announced he was going to have Scoot Andrews on the show, uh, which is fucking insane in 2022. Um, I can't remember who all has been announced so far, but I mean, the first show was insane. Billy Starks and Masha Slamovich had like the match of the night, like right out the gate. And it was like kind of one of the most violent matches I think I've ever called. Um, if you haven't seen that show, highly recommend anybody listening, hopping on IWTV and checking out the first expect the unexpected show. Um, other than that, man, like sometimes I do uh, sales on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at VHS party tonight. Um, I'll probably do one in the next week or two, depending on how busy life gets. Um, but I'm just, you know, just chilling right now. Uh, I will, I don't have any markets planned yet. But I know going through the spring and summer, I'll probably do like Music City Flea Market or um, I know there is a punk rock flea market that our friend Mackenzie uh, has her hands in. Uh, I will be at that. Um, I can't remember the date on that. I think it's June. Um, yeah, it's at Eastside Bowl. Uh, I think this one's actually on a farm. Uh, oh, yeah. She's, did they not she, announce one at Eastside Bowl? I thought they did. We did one in December at Eastside Bowl, which was insane. It was like, it, dude, it was so cool. Uh, that place was packed for like all the vendors and the live music, and everybody was really awesome. It was probably the best market that I've ever done. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I'll be out and about digging through, you know, thrifts and you know, people's houses and shit, looking for tapes and all kinds of cool stuff. And sometimes I'll be doing commentary up in the tri-state area for expect the unexpected, because after I leave sup, that's going to be my main focus in wrestling is just doing commentary for them. Um, but yeah, that I, honestly, I, for once in my life, I, for as busy as I am, I don't have a lot to plug, which is pretty crazy. Hey man. I mean, I, I feel like you have a lot to plug and i admire you a lot. I respect you a lot. Everybody here at Kayfabe Comparisons is a very big fan of yours. So thank you so much for giving us your time. I also wanted to just throw in one quick plug for the Sobros Network, who I know you're a part of. They've done really great work. It's very entertaining. I love listening to those shows. I hope everybody goes and checks them out. And yeah, past that, man, just thank you. Yeah, no, thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate, you know, the continued support through. I feel like our paths have, like, danced around each other, and we've been around each other just, like, I remember meeting you at, I think I met you at Exodent to, like, measure the venue before we went to Beast, right? Yeah, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> yes. We walked through that. I tried to move it to Marathon because technically, anyway, nobody needs to talk about why. <laughs> because we did that one show in kayfabe, but the, <laughs> like, um, but yeah. By the no, way, I, marathon. I, I think mar like, I think marathon is the perfect bigger production wrestling venue in Nashville that nobody's used. That's like, that is my dream venue. They did for do one show. Oh yeah, didn't it? Like, it was terrible. Yeah, I don't. Somebody was talking to me about that the other day, and I can't even remember who. Who? Oh, it was Capital. It was Capital. Yeah. Capital yeah. Wrestling. Yeah. I had. Uh, I, I'll tell you where I really miss and where I really wish was continuing to happen was Little Harpeth, and I, I scored Burt Prentice that venue, and they threw a weekly, and it was not very impressive, but at the same time, it was so spacious. The ceilings were high. There's room for everything. I was like, man, like this is the move, and. Now it's gone. Man. Um, before we go, I will say, um, 
that basement East has been the most accommodating non wrestling turned wrestling venue. Um, we accidentally turned that into like a destination wrestling venue, which is fucking insane. Like, I've heard a lot of people say that like they have to experience a, a sub show in basement East. Like we've done stuff in like Indianapolis and Tampa and had a match in Jersey city, but like you don't get the true sup unless you're at the basement East. That's very true. And I'll, I, I'll say there is nothing else like it. And I've echoed that sentiment to a lot of people. I think everyone, I actually, I know everyone on the podcast agrees, but there's nothing like a Southern underground pro show at basement east they have been extremely accommodating everybody there's into it and everybody on the team the entire time has been into it even people that aren't there anymore it's amazing and really my favorite thing to do yeah i mean there's nothing like being crammed in that room on a rainy sunday because without fail every time it rains. (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what it is but every sunday we have a show it rains and i've even heard stories of you know staff members there just volunteering to work or wanting to work or just coming just showing up when they don't have to be there just to like see the shows which is like that's fucking cool man like we we can be seen worldwide and we have been seen worldwide and that's really cool but the coolest thing in the world to me is making an impact at home you know because nashville has been such a you know nashville is such an entertainment city now you know between music and like stuff being you know movies and tv shows being shot here whatever um nashville has turned into such an entertainment city and for wrestling to still be a part of that you know i grew up going to wrestling at the fairgrounds and all these little you know freddie's auction house and sportatorium in columbia and the grand slam in columbia and all these other places to still be you know putting on wrestling shows in middle tennessee means the world to me especially something so punk rock and progressive and inclusive you know that i think if i could deliver one message before we go uh, the mission from the jump, even if it wasn't necessarily outright said for SUP, was to make everybody feel welcome. And if there was ever a time where somebody didn't feel welcome, um, I hope that didn't deter them. I hope they uh, – I know for a while people were coming to me, and I was doing my best to you know, either help where I could. And it, Luckily, we never had a big problem. We never had a big problem. Um, but – uh, that was the goal, man, just to make sure everybody was taken care of. Everybody felt safe. It was a safe place to just have fun. You didn't have to worry about any you know, negativity or hate. You could just go yell at a wrestler and drink a beer or you know, just hang out with your friends and just feel included. Man, I don't think we could end it any better. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Happy to do it. Really appreciate it. Take care, bud. Take Some Jesse on Jesse action. Hell of an episode there. Jesse Baker always coming in clutch with these Baker's Dozen episodes. I love having it. Uh, Jesse Butler, man. Dude, it's just crazy how the whole music scene and the whole wrestling scene tend to weave in and out, especially in this weird city. Um, man, what a good oh, one. Nice I am hyped to have it. Lex, what do you think, man? Pretty fucking good. Yeah, I was uh, I, you know, don't really know the other Jesse of this Jesse on Jesse action very well. But this is a very insightful episode and it was pretty cool to listen to. Always, always Jesse, man. How'd you feel about uh, having having a Jesse squared time? I the interview went longer than I anticipated and and longer than I told him. But at the same time, we just know too many of the same fucking people and you can hear it. Yeah, as the interview happens. It's, it, we're discovering that at the moment and man i can't thank jesse enough i can't thank southern underground pro enough i am very 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 excited for april 17th at the basement east hell yeah last show with southern underground pro but i've never been disappointed by one single show there basement east is a fantastic venue to host them and i couldn't be more stoked awesome hell yeah Got to give a big shout-out to our boy Alex Kane, who's going to be wrestling on that show, again with his tag team partner, Damian Tangra. And they're going up against uh, Violences Forever, who's going to be also wrestling in the Crockett Cup next week. So everything just ties together. They didn't even announce matches. Like, Jesse didn't know that. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's awesome. Here's Wex. Now we know. T. Now we know. 
It's going to be awesome. I'm excited, man. We got a lot of really cool shit coming up too. Next week, we are covering the Crockett Cup, two nights of the Crockett Cup. And I spoke out of turn last week. I said it was already WrestleMania season. It is not WrestleMania season. I booked it a specific way. It's the NWA from today going up against WCW's Uncensored 1997. That's what we are actually covering. So it's the two nights of the Crockett Cup versus WCW Uncensored 1997. And then two weeks from now, that is when WrestleMania season will officially begin. We're going to do WrestleMania 18 from 2002 going up against WrestleMania 13 from 1997. That is going to be a banger of an episode. Two really iconic WrestleManias. Um, I'm really excited about that. Also really excited to be covering the NWA for the first time. We got two weeks of a lot of uh, really good content coming up here. Uh, what do you think, old Wexley? I'm fucking stoked, dude. Definitely excited for the NWA to do something a little bit different and the fact that it's going to be here in Nashville. I want to go try to be there live if I can, but if not, still, it's just, you know, hits home a little bit different. And, of course, Mania season, dude. Everyone loves WrestleMania, even though this year's WrestleMania is not looking as hot as years past. It is and not. the whole idea of a two-night WrestleMania just still is lame to me. It just takes the prestige of WrestleMania away of being one night because, like, Oh, I main evented night one, but did you really main event if it's not night two? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I feel like um, at least we do have um, two awesome shows of years past to cover <laughs> during WrestleMania season. So oh, yeah, for sure. 18 and 13. 18, I feel like, is a very underrated WrestleMania. And then um, 13, you know, just has some iconic moments. Jesse Baker, how you feeling about having the NWA for the first time on the show? I absolutely love NWA. I controversially, I'm a very big fan of Billy Corgan, and I, I the biggest reason for that is Josephus. Yeah, from yeah, that makes sense. RWA in Chicago and all of that other stuff. I I think that Billy Corgan cares. He wants it to be around. That makes sense to me. I love yeah. all of it. I like the fact that Jeff Jarrett is going to be on the show. I like the fact that they're doing the Crockett Cup and they chose Nashville. Yeah. That's great. I I'm agree. I'm excited about it for Jeff, sure. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett is the special guest referee in that main event, so we could see some old double J fuckery going on is all I'm saying. I mean, I don't think we you – I don't think – it's yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's impossible to not have that, but – Come on. I'm excited to see what we got coming up, man. We got a lot of cool stuff, some great nostalgia, some great current stuff. Um, you can always find me at Daniel Daybreak. You can always find the show at kfabe.com on all of the socials except for the Tiki Talk. Uh, we're adding video clips up there pretty regularly these days, and I'm loving it. It's at kfabe.com pod. Um, Wex, where can people find you, man? Give them the script. Oh, you know you can always find your boy Wex at Wex Breaking the Loss and on all of your social medias. And like I always say, you better get on there, follow that YouTube page, subscribe, like, tell your buddy, tell a friend. Tell Lonnie from down the road and uh, listen to Kayfabe Comparisons. <laughs> nice. Lonnie Jesse, where can folks find you, dude? What do you got coming up? So this is completely unannounced until now. First time it's been made public. August 19th, birthday show. Both Exit In and The In, Look What I Did, are playing a show. Love it. Born Empty are reuniting for it. I've Love got some, like a million other weird secrets that I promise everyone will fucking be into and just save that date Friday, August 19th. And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Very excited about Ooh, the potential. It's like six sure. months away. We got to keep that, keep that in mind. Yes. Got to keep that, keep that writing it down. Um, make the trip to Nashville. Come hang out. It's going to be a good time. Bitch, I'm a planner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the other side, Scott Hall thing. Want to revisit real quick. This is a quiz for just the two of you. Got it. What other wrestler can we think of that had three iconic themes associated with them outside of Hulk Hogan and Scott Hall? Three? Yep. X-Pac? Yeah. Ooh, maybe. I, I kind of get a good way. <laughs> I mean, the X Factor is iconic. Not, I'm, yeah, it's not. It's, it's bad. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> I ain't doing up the cracker, man. Like, oh, dude, I don't know, man. That's a really good one. I mean, we can we can sleep on that, and it can yeah. be for next week. The only maybe Triple H, I'd say. Sorry, 
Triple H. H. Yeah, Triple H. That's correct. The Way game, out. my time, and DX. Those are all yeah. fucking. Okay. Hey, those are all good. Fair. There's <laughs> one. I got one. Another click member, right? I mean, Fair. yeah. I mean, or Big Daddy Cool, you know? No. Yeah, yeah. The Wolfpack music. Dude, Big Daddy Cool had like. Yeah, the diesel music. Yeah, the Wolfpack music and the NWO. NWO music. The diesel music doesn't count to me as well. Oh, okay, okay. The Wolfpack theme is the best one. All three of those, to be honest. And did you know that was written by Jimmy Hart and C Murder? Oh, C Murder. That's gonna do it for us this week, guys. Uh, we will check you guys out next week. Free C Murder. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys. Peace. Peace.